What's going on? It's your boy, Monquay. It's uh, Stefan. And this is the Divine Council Podcast, episode 21. And as above, so below. As within, so without. Let's get this episode started. All right. All right. Um, man, um, a lot to talk about. You know, first thing I want to mention is uh, I just want to say uh, rest in peace to uh, Juice World. You know, young, young, up and coming. Well, not up and coming rapper. You know, died of a um, drug related seizure. And I've seen like a lot of stuff about it. Like I've, I've been, well, I've been seeing it in past, and I haven't really been doing research. But I, I've seen it, you know, just you just get recommendations like on like your timeline and news feed. Apparently, um, he was going through the airport, LAX, I think, and he had the seizure. By the time the paramedics got there, he was bleeding from his mouth and stuff. So he was, I mean, he was gone pretty much at that point. Um but they say that they found in his luggage 70 pounds of marijuana. 70 pounds of marijuana. Um, his people had guns on them that they didn't have registered. And apparently, on his flight to LAX, he took a bunch of pills. But it wasn't because he just wanted to take them. It was because he didn't want to get caught with the pills. So he took a bunch of random pills and he overdosed i think i'm looking at it like this i'm like damn you know that somebody like that you know in his position he probably feeds a lot of people you know he was he he blew up pretty fast you want to talk about xxx tentacion juice world blew up pretty fast within like a year like his name was like everywhere and I think, like, X, he could have been one of the biggest stars of this generation. Like, the younger generation, that is. He was on the verge of being that. Um, as he, you see, he, he was anointed. He did a damn album, pretty much, with Future, you know? Um, he was only 21 years old, man. And, he, and the thing is, is that he was going to his, uh, a birthday party for his 21st birthday. And it's it's crazy too, cause his music, he yeah, he was part of the emo rap phase, wave, uh, that's pretty much dying out, literally. Um, he talks about death. He talked about death a lot in his music. Like I listened to a lot of his uh, music, um, leaks and whatnot. He talked about death a lot, and we talked about stuff like his music here and there or whatever. Um. But yeah, he he talked about death a lot in his music. He talked about how he was an addict, you know, and he was trying to get clean. But this this time, he, it wasn't it wasn't that he was trying to kill himself. It was it was more so that he was trying to um, prevent his people from getting not only him but his people from going down, which is it's crazy, man. It's sad. And what's the the most fucked up thing about it is is what I posted in the group chat. That um, there was a TikTok challenge not too long ago where people literally were faking seizures to his song um, "Lucid Dreams," and he ends up dying by a seizure. 
Wow. And I, I think um, they were doing that before he died. They were, they were doing that yep. challenge before he died, I was reading somewhere, which is, wow, that's interesting. You know, I want to say RIP to Juice World, but, you know, we said it before on the podcast, either they doing these drugs, like, if, if they're really doing these drugs, it'll eventually show. And, you know... He wasn't no, He wasn't one of these rappers that was faking none of what he was talking about. He had, like, a legit problem with drugs, like, and... And he talks about it. He talked about it heavily in his music. So, and like they they are messing with true pharmaceuticals. You know the ones who really take it. I don't believe every rapper does it. You know, for example, like the future. Because if he's really doing doing these these high caliber drugs like that, he wouldn't have been as far as he is in his career. But you know this this proves that you know on the surface. You know I haven't done deep analysis. Um, but from what I can see, it disproves that, you know, he was really into the, in, into drug rap and really into, into taking drugs. So, you know, with Juice World, RRP to the situation, RRP to him as a human also, you know, um, but that's very, very interesting, you know. You know, what else is interesting is that he actually talks about in uh, one of his songs, <clears throat> Pretty much how he was uh, jealous of John Lennon, the way um, John Lennon went out, and he he died the same day John Lennon died. Dang, that's 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 real symbolism right there. So there was a lot of people in the rap game, even conscious people, were saying that you know he's one of the best freestylers in the game. Um, you know, with when he freestyles, he doesn't write anything down. Like he do. You literally can go on YouTube. I've never seen a rapper, any rapper, you can name any rapper in the history of hip-hop. I've never seen them rap legit for an hour straight without fucking up. He did it twice on YouTube. Hour freestyle. Um, I'm Tim, Tim Westwood. He went up there twice and freestyled for like an hour straight. I was like, bro, like, none of these other dudes are coming up and doing none of this shit, you know? He gets lumped into like the mumble rap, emo wave, whatever. He was emo, but he can fucking rap though. You know, he just giving the fans what they want. They want that sappy emo shit. That's what he was giving them. But he can literally, he can really fuck, he can really rap, you know? And people notice that. So, lyricists notice that, such as uh, Daylight. Yo, once Daylight co-signed, you know, the lyrical aspect of it, that really opened my eyes and i said it before, you know, even this is a lot with a lot of older, older generation uh music fans and even, the, uh, you know, the rappers and everything. They got to understand that even when these these mumble rappers, these emo rappers was like there. A lot of them are talented. A lot of them either have a background in being lyricists beforehand or having a certain uh, unique flow or, you know, knowing how to write a melody, write a beat. And a lot of what they're doing is, if you really want to be technical, a lot of what this mumble rap music is, is about, it. I mean, it's it's complex in itself. Just the sound, just how it's just kind of free-flowing. They don't really ride traditional, like, you know. But that, but I think that's what makes it unique, though. I, I, no, exactly. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting, like... That, that's that's what makes it great, but I don't think a lot of the older generation understands that they used to, they they used to a certain sound. They're not used to the evolution of this sound. 
And I feel like if a lot of people would take the time out to actually even research how they, how a lot of these mumble rappers structure their lines, what they do, you have to understand that these, they're, they're extremely, they're extremely talented and a lot of them are the future. Like uh, X, 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 Tentacion, uh, Juice World. Yeah, they talk about, you know, drugs and, um, you know, emo, it's emo. Heartbreak, heartbreak and wanting to kill themselves if they, they can't get with their girl or whatever yeah, and shit, you know. That that sounds crazy, but we got to, I mean, that, that definitely sounds crazy. And I'm not really for all the emo rap and the, you know, how the, the drug rap like that. But we got to understand, you know, that's just, that's just how, that's how the a lot of these newer artists are um, evolving the sound. That's basically the evolution of the sound. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to kind of, you know, even appreciate mumble rap for what it was. But once I kind of understood that this is just the evolution of the hip hop sound, you know, it could be modest, modest uh, lyrics, but we can't fault the lyrics because, I mean, we've been listening to, you know, edgy lyrics for since forever, since the 90s, since, you know, gangster rap first became big. Yeah. You know, I, you know what, kind of what's going on with this emo rap, let's be honest, what is going with with the emo rap and the drug rap for our generation, because, I mean, it started, our generation, we experienced it with Lil Wayne, with the double cups. They, like, talked about, talked about that in his last live stream. Um, yeah. Well, we got to understand what's going on with our generation, with them being our, you know, our rappers, our, our, they are basically our Tupacs, uh, DMXs and stuff like that. It's the same as if somebody was, if we were growing up in the 90s and we, and we hearing those rappers back then. You know, talk about like even like the chronic. Like at that time, like when Dr. Dre was talking about the chronic, that's that's at that time that was like that was crazy. You know, as a mon- and it's a monumental album because at that time a lot of people were not like smoking weed like that at all. And then you know you got the violent lyrics, you know, with Park and Bone Thugs and um, you know, and then on- with the the hor- horror core. Hardcore, yeah, that was they were. They, if you really listen to that lyrics, they, they were extremely graphic at that time. With, with how, with the crime being, crime was a little bit worse then. Like actual violent crime was a little bit worse then, in these inner cities. And that's where, where did they, where did the bone thugs come from? Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. is one of the crazy, one of the most violent cities in the country. You know, and even in the nineties, when with that generation listening to that type of music, they went from, I mean, it was a bigger jump for them because they went from what listening to Al Green and. Coming off the the eight the seventies and eighties sound to like now nah, nigga talking about disco rapping. yeah now nah, nigga now nah, you got a group me- with melodies basically with a with a seance on every on every wax on every on every uh on every song talking about blowing niggas up with sawed off shotguns so like we gotta understand it's just it's just evolution of the sound I, I mean I can't really tell you if it's a positive or negative evolution I'm not the one to you know sit here and say um. To sit up here and be preachy and talk down on the lyrics because I still listen to all that. I listen to Bone Thugs, Juice World. And, yeah, and I just wanted to interject real quick um, with the Juice World thing, man. It's it's crazy because he has lyrics that this is from one of his songs, a song he made actually called Legends after um, X X died last year. He dropped this song. Um, What's the Twenty Seven Club? We ain't making it past 21. Wow. And he just he just died at 21 years old. It makes Bruh, me, I, 
all these rappers are dying, dude. Like these younger, I, I feel like this thing, this is unheard of for like hip hop. These many young rappers and not just some up and come stars are dying. Yeah, and it makes you think. And you know, I try to do all kinds of connections, even with how they, even with how it was reported. Like, I mean, this ain't even like a race type thing because with Mac Miller, like off the rip. Same thing, like it was like uh, that dude, uh, Little Peep, Lil which Peep. I didn't, I wasn't into his music, but he had a cult following, which is weird because I ain't never really, I ain't never really get that. But that's why I say that the sound, the sound has evolved so much that, and I, and this is, this is what I think is interesting. Um, I think with the sound evolving like it has, I mean, you got somebody like Little Peep. Literally, he had a, he still has an extreme cult like following. And I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never really listened to him like that. Even with X, when he was alive, I never really listened to his songs, to his music until after he died. And like, it's basically getting to the point where you have a lot of little sleeper cells with like huge worldwide cult like following. And it seems like, you know, the higher ups can't control these type of these type of uh, artists. Like, yeah. I mean, they got real cult like followers where they can tell kids, they can tell people to drink lean go you know commit suicide and people would rip people would do it like yeah. people especially with x i think you know x calling car I, I forgot the name of the music video it was the one it might have been look at me where he uh, look at he hung the white kid hung the white kid like what and then like he had a black kid standing right there looking at him as the leader take the i think he took the noose out of the black kid's hand and put it over the white kid's neck yeah like that shit boy like that's 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 heavy right there and you know back to just having a coat like following i mean i think a lot of these younger i mean when it comes to talent these are extremely at this age these these are extremely talented artists like i don't think people really i mean a lot of people do because they have coat like followers but these are like we've never seen these type of artists at this young age have these coats on this level. We've never seen this stuff like hip hop. They, they, you know, they always say hip hop is a young man's game, and well, it's for the kids, really. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, I want one. One other thing, man. Like how you talking about the the old heads? They they don't resonate with these newer, uh, the newer generation, our generation, and younger. Man, I, I was watching this. Uh, this Netflix series called Hip Hop Evolution, and it goes through like all of the decades of hip hop from like the seventies when it originated to all the way to modern times. And you want, and man, I wouldn't. I, I was looking at the way these dudes dressed, like in like the seventies and eighties. These niggas was dressing more outlandish than like Young Thug and Little Uzi. Like niggas was wearing like um, fishnets. High heels, all this other shit. And I'm like, these niggas were looking so flamboyant back then. <clears throat> but have the nerve to come at somebody now by, about the way they dress. You know? And they, were the, at, like, they were the original metrosexuals. Yeah, they really were. They were out there with it. Like, really out there wearing, I, I swear they were like wearing makeup and you know, getting uh, curls in their hair and shit. And I was like, bro, these dudes are super flamboyant. Back in like the seventies, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's how like, um, well, even like world world class wrecking clue. I never really listened to the out to the music, but that's how Dre started. I think that was more like a 
R&B slash pop group. Yeah, yeah. They, t- <laughs> they, they talk about that, too. Yeah, they had, like, he wore lipstick and eyeliner and all that. And even with Pac, he was on, on stage wearing Speedos, helping blow up dolls. And um, even with, like, even with, with Snoop coming out with the perm, with the perms and stuff, like, really, I mean, history always repeats itself. And that's what's really interesting is because when people actually do their research, and even people who don't resonate with the current sound, when they grew up in this in those areas, they saw the same thing. It ain't like it's any of this stuff is new. It ain't like it really any of it's new. The only only thing that's new about it is just the the frequency is just uh, I guess it's seen, it's evolved. You know, that's the only thing that's new. Yeah. And um, you know, <clears throat> to add on more to it, I seen on uh, I believe it was Twitter where they were showing the XXX Tentacion Memorial and. You know, it's it's very <clears throat> what's the word? It's uh unsettling unsettling to me with how much somebody's profiting off of the uh sorrows of this of these of these deaths. Cause let's be honest, I wanna know how much the, the family's getting paid for that museum, if they're getting paid anything. I'm sure they're getting paid like his his estate is getting paid something out of that. But we know we're gonna see the same thing. We're gonna see the same thing with Juice World. Um, somebody's gonna profit off the off off of his death. Oh, they pimping the they pimping the fuck out of him, bro. Like after po- these post homeless albums, we about to get three or four, dude. Juice World, like okay, you think Lil Wayne had a bunch of leaked songs? You think Young Thug, who probably Young Thug probably has the most leaked songs of any artist ever? Juice World had like over 70, 80 Maybe a hundred songs leaked this year. That's that's just incredible. Or last year. That's just incredible. Yeah, I listened to I was listening to like a bunch of his leaks last year before he dropped his um album this year. Like he 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 had like 60, 70 songs I was going through ciphering, find songs that I like. It was songs that weren't even finished. Which is it fire? I'm like, bruh. Yeah, some of it is. I mean, I can send you a link, you know, to the ones that I thought were the best ones from the the leaks. But yeah, bruh, you they they got enough. They got so much music from him. They can make albums for like the next decade, probably every other year. Probably drop an album for him because he if he records like how these leaks make it seem like he was recording music that fast, and he's just freestyling everything. Like this article from um Billboard of July 9th, two thousand eighteen. X signed a ten million dollar record deal before he died. Weeks before he died. Mm. Um. Well, before he was murdered. He signed that $10 million record deal through Universal. Um, and they just released what they say is his final post-homeless album, Bad Vibes Forever. So they pimped the hell out of him. Yeah, I was seeing you know, that. They um, said that wasn't, not, wasn't that great. I haven't listened to it yet. Have you listened to it? I No, nah, I've heard like a song or two, but I, I don't even want to listen to it because I know it's not finished, obviously. Yeah. They just put together songs he had left before he died and just added features to it to complete the song. So it's it's bullshit, you know, and they just pimped it. I mean, but it's it's his, I mean, it's him though, because he he signed that that record deal. So they're gonna get their money's worth out of him. And Juice World, Juice World signed, I'm pretty sure he signed a big contract as well with a record label. He signed, he's with Interscope, Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy, uh yeah, he, he was signed through Interscope. He just dropped an album earlier this year called Death Race uh, for Love in the first half of the year. 
But I'm trying to see if I can find information on his his contract. Apparently, according to CNN, he signed with Interscope Records in 2018, pocketing three million in the deal. Okay. So, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get their money's worth out of him too. We about to get a couple post homeless albums from him too. So you know, you it know, makes me think too, man. What if these what if these uh literal in- industry plants from the start and I don't know. It's it's weird to me, man. We having all these all these young all, all these deaths like this, and all these all the lyrics that even with Mac, like all the lyrics that they have within their music, is literally telling us beforehand. And it's like, dude, dude. Like, these contracts are they like saying you know they're gonna give they just gonna like kind of promote as much as they can, and then just kind of now maybe 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 profiting off of off of like artists is in the posthumous scope where they already kind of prepare, you know, these certain artists and these certain, and these certain, um, I guess, um, genres, subgenres. A part of them, you know, with them getting signed is the fact that they know that they're not, a part of their story is that they're going to die. Like, they're either going to be, you know, uh, drugged or, you know, something fatal is going to happen because maybe now they're profiting so much more off of a dead rapper then off of a rapper that is still alive. I mean, you know, I think it's more. I, I think I still think it, it is. I, this drug, the drug culture is going been going on a lot longer than people realize. Yeah. Like now we're starting to see like, I don't know, we're starting to see this like on a monthly basis. Let's be real, it's like a yeah. monthly basis. Yeah. Um, about to get a bunch of posthumous releases. I had to. I actually just lit up a YouTube video to how to actually say it because I was saying it wrong. Is um, it posthumous? I don't. It's, yeah, it's, po- it's posthumous, but I mean, I prefer broken English anyway because I mean, this ain't my language to begin with. I mean, yeah, you can. Just, um, I feel like you can say you can say so many things. You can say one thing in so many different ways. So you know, I, don't, I mean, yeah. Get into like the tic tac of it is. I think it's um. What's the word? It's not really, it's not intelligent. You know, I think the intelligence of the language and stuff can be perceived in different ways. So, you know, yeah. But I, yeah, man, um, Juice World literally, he has a song, man, um, on his uh, first album, Goodbye and Good Riddance. The song is called End of the Road. And he's pretty much talking about his death. Like, he's like, and hold on, let me, because I want to pull up some of the lyrics, because, I mean, I I enjoy the song. Like, it's one of probably my favorite songs by him. But it's so, I mean, listening to it now, it just makes you think, like, damn, it's like, he, it's like he had no hope or whatever. And this was like a year ago, you know, before he um, popped off, before Lucid, uh, Lucid Dreams became a hit. And these are some of, this is the chorus right here. This is, and I'm uh, reading it now. This is as far as it goes. This the end of the road. This the end of the road. The other end at her throat is suicidal, she wrote. This is the end of the show. It's over. We doing drugs till we end a coma. Mm. And he just like, yeah, on his verse, I'm smoking dope till I'm in a coma. The moon rock on me. I love the aroma. I get so high that I'm in the clouds with the fallen angels. Demons with halos. She loved the Coke, but not Coca-Cola. But she'll 
still pop it like a soda for you. Her and he's just um going in, and I'm gone hide. I'm and I'm gonna hide when the love is over, but it's far from over. Losing composure in a coffin, land stiff like a boulder. Wow. So, yeah, he he talks about you know he he talked about death a lot in his music. You know, it's, I mean. It's fucked up though, man. Like it's like we've been. I mean, we are being targeted though. Like, you know, I seen I seen Offset. Offset made a tweet recently about hip hop, which I like to um, get your take on this because people were discussing this online. While you're while you're getting that set up, I want to add this too about the. This is what this is the one thing I didn't like about. Reporting of well, I'm not gonna say I didn't like, but I didn't. I don't want people to like be surprised about is finding all with the fact that they found all those drugs in the first place. Because you know, I had a I had a thought. I was like, you know, it, it is people out here, they really are doing it, or like doing the drugs. And I'll say at the very least, if they're not doing the drugs, a lot of them are pushing that damn weight. It's because think about it like this. 70 pounds of marijuana was found in his luggage. It, that's a lot of marijuana, but you got to look at it like this. I look at it, this is how I looked at it. I'm like, well, if I'm a rapper and I do this type of rap, and, you know, they're not, you know, that's they're full-blown celebrities. They're not hanging out with regular people. And you best, you best fucking believe that they're not getting their drugs from regular people. These motherfuckers right. are like, selling drugs to each other. Mac Miller. Mac Miller's uh, text messages leaked. Um, like a few months ago, with him and his drug dealer, and he was uh he was buying drugs from like this person that gives drugs to famous people, right? And he was also buying like escorts and shit. And people were like, "Why is he paying for pussy and shit like that?" Well, he's not a regular person. He can't just like people were arguing about that. They're like, "Well, he's, I mean, he's not regular. Like, what the fuck? Like, he's not just gonna be out here fucking with any regular bitch like that, you know?" Because I mean, that, that with, could fuck up his name. That, you know, they're so. fucking with like when it comes to like the sex game and the drug game, they're fucking with escorts that that are like they're like doctors. High, high, yeah, they're like yeah. doctors of that profession. Like that, that's why they even when they have relationships, they're like, well, why is this rapper date? Why is she dating the same ten rappers? It's because they're not. They don't live in the same reality that we live in. Like they got a they got a lot more to lose. You know. When it comes to, yeah. to, I mean, I don't want to say that they're any better, but when it comes to, you know, their image, when it comes to how they make their money and stuff, they have a lot more to lose. They have a lot more to lose. So it's like, it's like a, it's like different, um, social groups. So like, even with them finding all those drugs, I knew they were, they were going to report it that way because yeah, like most people are going to be shook up with the fact that he had, I mean, that's a lot of fucking 70 pounds of weed, like. 70 pounds. His people had his people had guns on them guns. that weren't registered allegedly. They're doing all that shit there. That's so he I guns. mean, I look at it like this, man. Like he he took that it's fucked up, but he took the fall for his team in a sense. Like he didn't he didn't want his he didn't want to get locked up. He didn't want his people to get locked up, so he took all those fucking drugs. Like in a, in an effort to you know, to avoid the feds coming knocking down on him. And shit. Even with that being said, you know, somebody in his camp should have damn, they should have helped him out or something. They should have, he should have had somebody there that was like, you know, this ain't, this ain't what you need to do. But, you know, maybe he did it and they didn't know or something. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, I, I think when it comes to the trafficking, that 
he was probably he was probably dropping that if he was selling he was probably dropping it off to the plug and where in in the city he was in or you know definitely to the other it's like big ass rings it's social rings where where you know they're not going to get their drug and i think that's what that's why like the Mac Miller situation kind of shows that is because he overdosed. He overdosed. And I promise you the dude that they got the drugs from is probably locked up somewhere or he ain't, ain't nobody buying shit from him no more, dude. Well, yeah. Um, I'm looking at an article from uh, ABC seven Chicago. He wasn't at LAX. It was a uh, midway, which is in, uh, I think midway airport is in Chicago, which is where he's from. Um, I'm reading from the directly from the, the article police said that there are no signs of any foul play and were awaiting the results of the autopsy police said the plane's occupants were in the lobby with their luggage and two carts canine units from the illinois state police searched the luggage i was wrong about that well i don't know if i was wrong but it it goes into detail about the, the marijuana Searched the luggage and alerted officers to narcotics in two of the suitcases. Police said a search of the luggage turned up 41 bags of suspected marijuana and six prescription bottles of suspected liquid codeine, as well as three guns. Police said Henry Dean, 27, who identified himself as private security, had a valid FOID card and concealed carry license but police found a high-capacity magazine in his possession. He is charged with one count of possession of a high-capacity magazine and metal-piercing bullets, and two misdemeanor counts of carry or conceal a firearm in the airport. Christopher Long, 36, was charged with one misdemeanor <clears throat> count of unlawful use of weapons slash carry or possession. So... His security, yeah, they, his security had guns on him, obviously, but I guess they they were saying there was too mu- there was too much um too much ammo, and yeah, plus having that had, firearm in the airport, he probably had like probably like a um a barrel clip or something like that, and like different like special bullets when they talk about yeah. metal piercing bullets, but they probably getting ticked for tat, you know, with that though they probably. They probably could have let that go because it's. I mean, the three guns. That's not really much with just security and. I mean, right. if he's got a concealed carry, I'm. I'm sure that's a law that they didn't necessarily have to enforce, but, you know, it, it probably was the law. But, you know, right. That's just um. That's unfortunate. But man, uh, back to the offset tweet. So offset tweeted um, December third. Sorry, but hip hop is black culture. Don't speak or give game if you don't have black culture, duh. And that sparked like a discussion online. They're like, see, that's why y'all keep trying to segregate hip hop or whatever. It's supposed to be for everybody and stuff, you know. And but people, but it's like people fail to forget or they try to forget that hip hop was created by black people and it was created out of as a means of, um. I want to say rebelling against the system in a sense to, to, um, to bring to light issues that we have we're facing in the community, you know? Um, well, originally with like the sugar Hill gang, you know, a hip, a hop, a hippie, a hippie to the hip, hip hop. You don't stop. You know, that, that was that party shit. You know, that, that was cool. I was listening to it. I was like, okay, 
I was like, okay, I get it. You know, they ain't really saying nothing, but you know, it's got a nice beat to it and shit. And then, then uh, you jump to uh, the message. The message by um, let me see, what, let's see who the message by Grandmaster Flash. That's when they started getting conscious, and the message dropped in the early uh, when the hell did the nineteen eighty two, Melly Mel. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stairs. You know they just don't care. I can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room. Roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far because a man with a tow truck repossessed my car. Breaking down shit that people go through in the inner cities, um, you know, in the um, urban communities. So they were getting conscious early. In the 1980s, early 80s, actually, you know, and um, it branched off from there. But I agree with what he's saying. Hip hop is still rooted in black culture, but I don't know for how long. I don't know how for how long it will it will be that way, because as you see, it's become so commercialized now. You let we letting people like six nine into the rap game. That what does he know about you know? Anything to do with black culture. Oh, he's a minority, but he's not. He, I mean, he's still, to my, I look at him as just a troll. He never took hip hop rap seriously. You know, he was trolling the entire time. He got extorted by the uh, Treyway. They extorted him. And um, he's in his current situation. And he, he did what he had to do, you know? But let's say, let's say this too the Divine Council. We we predicted we called that before what it was. We we've been saying he was an agent since early 2018. Yeah, just by how he was moving and stuff, and you know, I'm gonna say it like this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna still say that um he's not gonna get in any trouble, man. And if he gets in trouble, it's gonna be extremely light. It's because this is what they wanted from the start. Because I mean, I don't know about Treyway, but from the sounds of it, they were big time. In New York and big time in the rap in the uh, in the rap game, so you know this is something that I think the uh, rap police have been looking at for a while, not only for you know that region but on a na- on a um, national level, and they just basically pulled a psyop to show us that yeah we're gonna take all y- all y'all now like <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got snitches running the game now because he let's be honest he ran the game. He ran. He ran the game while he was while he was you know still like really out there putting out content and stuff. And when he when he comes when he gets free, he's gonna come out and he's still gonna he's gonna probably still have he's gonna be at the top of the charts. Yeah, I mean for real. Let's be honest. And that's kind of disgusting in the fact that he's he's an agent. <laughs> now what what do you what do you think about that tweet uh, from Offset? Well, I mean, this also goes back to say that, like, you know, people, everybody want to make it everybody else's culture, but don't really. And because they want to take the, they want to take this, they want to take this, um, the voice that we have in basically our art and our art away. They want to take, they want to take their voice away. They wanted to make it everybody's culture whenever it's profitable. I agree with what Offset, um, what all said had to say um, in his tweet, but you know, at the same time, it's to the point now where 
if that's the case, we are we are starting to see you know alarming rate of 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 deaths. So at some point, we got to take our culture back and we got to stick together. Yeah. As artists, or they got to stick together as artists. I'm not an artist. Yeah. And uh, try to make a change. Try to um. I mean, cause even like I said before, even with how talented Juice World is. We seen X, you know, before he died, he he definitely changed his image, and he was definitely he was working with. He didn't have he didn't seem like he had any enemies, dog. Like he was doing, he was trying to head into the into the right direction and getting everybody, getting all the specifically all the young, the young artists together. Yeah, he, he was getting all the young artists together and trying to change. He was trying to change the image and change. He was trying, yeah, he was trying to change himself, you know, change himself and try to get it to where we're promoting. Uh, better, what we're doing, doing better with the with the art, and I don't think they want to see that. So I'm, I don't. It was I, I don't too late. At, I mean, after that video, bro. He once he did, once he put out that video, he put a target on his head. Yeah, he knew it, and I think that's probably that was a part of his shift. But you stand for something, you fall for everything. You know, fall for anything. That's the that's the that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, and. I mean, when you go back and look at a lot of his, like, at the symbolism of what he's saying, I mean, dog, like, <laughs> that look at me video alone, man, at the, at, at the political climate when that video was released, bro, that was like, that's, for me, in my mind, that's his, that was his death wish right there. I think certain artists have death wishes, have certain symbolisms, you know, that they've, that they've done before they die, and that was it. That, that was it. That was it right there. The higher ups, they was like, "Oh hell no, we can't have him do it." Like, cause his he had a real coat. If y'all can't tell, like he had his shit is surprising, dude. Like he had an extreme coat like following. Yeah. And I think with him dying at what twenty? Twenty years old. At twenty, he was twenty years old. Now, could you imagine? Like, I mean, I'm we're starting to really see social media and with his. I mean, he had a cult like following. He could have been on a. He could have been on a. He could have been a. We never uh, seen. Honestly, before. X, in my opinion, he was going to be a part of the new top three of this generation. Like how you know everybody says Drake, Kendrick, Cole. X was going to be the Drake of this generation. I don't care what anybody says. That that's my opinion on it. Because the and you can look at his streaming numbers, bro. His streaming numbers are still through the fucking roof. Like he was. He was destined to be a superstar, you know, but he was just, he was troubled. You know, he just, he had a fucked up past that he couldn't shake. Um, and it, it is what it is, man. You know, people that resonate with his message, they'll get it. The others that don't, they'll move on to the next uh, trending artist, you know, um, and people, if y'all really want to get into the psyche of who X was, go watch that um, interview he did with academics. It's like three hours long where he's just talking about the universe and shit. Like, it seemed like he was tapped in early. Like, he knew what he was trying to do, but, you know, it just he didn't he didn't get the opportunity to see his plan fulfilled. Be, uh, full, be uh, fully fulfilled. I'll say this, you know, I think his influence would have reached farther than Pac. I would, I think, it, I think if he would have like, even if he would have stayed at twenty five, like I mean, we have never seen nothing like that. 
he was 20 years old and we are not we're not exaggerating about how the, about the the power that he had <laughs> he would have been i don't know about political but i think i think the symbolism in his in his videos and in his music would have caused another shift i think it did kind of cause a shift but i'm talking about on a big big on a bigger scale that we've really never seen before and he was a big time he was getting in the way of like he was cuz he was kind of when X was alive, he was getting to the point where he was kind of blind. He was he was dimming the light of Drake at an early age, and he was getting in the way of of of, of you know Drake's um, momentum. And you and you see, speaking of Drake, spray Drake. Uh, the public is turning on Drake right now. I don't know if you seen about him texting underage girls. That shit is real. Wow. Uh, well, allegedly, he's been texting underage girls. Um, like Millie Bobby Brown, actress from uh, Stranger Things, Netflix show, and uh, Billie Eilish, 17-year-old pop superstar. He's allegedly, he's been texting them. He's been rumored to be in, be in relationships with teenagers like Georgia Smith. She's grown now, but he was... He got lyrics in his song. He was simping over Georgia Smith in that song, Jaded, when she was like 19 or 18. He's like 30 years old dating her. He was simping over her, allegedly. He's got other, there's other videos of him hanging out with teenage girls and shit, hugging them and shit. And you know, he Drake, I mean, they might be trying to might be trying to get Drake out of here. I ain't gonna lie. It might be, it might be trying to. The industry that is. I'll be interested to see that. I think, I think he's a I think he can be controlled. So that's that's I, I don't know. It may be some publicity, um, but I, I think they like Drake. I think he's like, I mean, let's be honest. This, this past decade was his, but yeah, um, I think they like Drake because he'll promote all kinds of. He'll promote in a subtle, in a subtle but big way. He'll promote a lot of bullshit. He'll promote a lot of bullshit, and they can control him. And um, you know, I feel like a lot of he has a lot of. Uh, big financial interest that that lead him to be to be the big star he is like he promotes all kinds of crazy european cl- uh, designers liquors yeah like if you listen to his music he's nothing but a fucking advertisement yeah <laughs> honestly you're right it, I, dude i was listening to um again that that i think that i'm upset song came no was it i'm upset or was it uh no it was elevate from his uh latest album scorpion it's like he's really just like if he's not promoting something, he's talking about what his friends are doing. You know, Bonka just got out of jail. It's time to celebrate. It's like he don't really have much to talk about of himself anymore. You know, it's like he's he's kind of scattering to talk about shit. Like he don't really have much to say in his music. You know, that is what I'm getting at. I'll say this though. I think that at Scorpion, um, you know, I said it, uh, and you know, our boy Mookie, yeah, he has, he got a podcast too. Check out his podcast. Don't bite your tongue. Um, we like one of the only two in the group that you know really really rock with that Scorpion album. And I still think I still think that's one of his better albums. Uh, though I agree, his sound his sound um, is kind of getting not played out, but he's kind of he's running out of stuff to talk about, but. I mean, I look at Drake as he's a pop or he's a pop star. He's a hip, he's a hip pop artist. So 
So, I mean, he's doing exactly he, what he, I expect him to do. He's what I look at Post Malone as. Post yeah. Malone is a pop star. You know, and people try to say, you know, he's a rapper. He's not a rapper. He never was a rapper. He was always a singer that was influenced by um, rap and R&B music. He never was a rapper, though. He always bent the bent he he bent the boundaries of what it means to be a rapper slash singer. He's he's one of those hybrids. What like I like to say, he's a hybrid, but he's on the pop side of things. If you listen to his new music compared to when he came out with White Iverson, he's very he's more so pop. He just has rap features, a bunch of rap features on his songs, but they're pop songs. It's nothing wrong, and like I, we can we can chalk that up. See, this is what's this is the beauty of of rap, and I think of uh, uh, I think with rap and the, the where it's at today. You know, if this was like five years ago, I wouldn't say what I'm about to say, but you gotta you gotta like what we see because it's nothing. Now it's turned into it's it's become a more complex sound. It's all these subgenres. I don't I don't see what is fucking wrong with calling these quote unquote rappers pop pop stars because yeah. at the end of the day they are pop stars or like or we can we can say like hip hop well like it's, it's damned if you do damned if you don't don't because people are always gonna be like well Drake okay he's if he's not a pop star then then what is he he's 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 not a lyricist he doesn't write you know or Kendrick nah Ken, Kendrick is, he's, he's a lyricist but he's not a pop star nah Kendrick is uh he's a fucking Kendrick's a pop star too. He's just not on the level of uh Drake. Or you can look at J. Cole. Oh, well, J. Cole a lyricist. Okay, but J. Cole is also a superstar because all of his albums are platinum. So he he's on that bending and he's broken to making pops rap songs too. Look at his uh his latest um song Middle Child. That was a huge hit. He's broken to making pop rap songs, but he came out the gate with songs like that. So what? And it's people like it's, I think it's people trying to hold on to rappers and saying, "Nah, that that ain't rap, man. That that's not what they doing." You know, they jump on a pop sounding track that's not rap no more. Well, all these rappers are making pop music. Pop uh, stand for, short for popular, popular music, pop rap, popular rap. Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa is a pop rapper. He's always been a pop rapper. Well, into the mainstream, but he when he was coming out with like the Prince of the City mixtapes and stuff, he was more on his rap type shit. But it is what it is. Certain rappers are going to be pop. Travis Scott is a pop rapper. And honestly, you look at somebody like Travis, is Travis even really a rapper to begin with? I mean, now, see, this is why, this is why I don't see how... This is why I don't understand. Everything why they, why is so blurred. Them, Everything is so blurred now. I don't see why they why a lot of them take it as disrespect because these like these are you're this you're an artist. Yeah. Like I mean, it's kind of like it's made them look. I think it made them. It's, it's showing their talents. Like Travis Scott, for example. Like, okay, yeah, he's not he, he's not a lyricist, but Jesus Christ, his production is like on a whole another level. His features, if when he has features, it's just shit's on a whole nother level. His sound is crazy. The way his melodies are just crazy. And it's showing the true artistic talents of these artists. Post Malone, Drake, Tory Lanez, 
Kendrick. Like, oh, it's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, this goes back to the Offset tweet with Post Malone saying he's a rapper and all this and that. It shows that it's Trump, that some what, people what, are... Well, no, people in general try to label... I don't think Post labels himself as a rapper. I think well, he, he says a country star, right? Yeah, he. I think he sees himself as more of a singer. Yeah, more than like a, more than a, he. Well, there's an article you can look it up where years ago he said, eventually he can see himself just doing country music, transitioning into that. But right now, this is what he's doing. He's making this urban sounding music. But eventually, he he might become like the next fucking Willie Nelson or some shit. Which, I mean, you can look at that as, like, you know, he's vulturing and shit, okay? Exactly. He And, and you know, and I've, I've gotten to arguments with people online about shit like that. I'm like, he is a vulture to an extent. But that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy his music. Um, I think he understands what he's... He knows his place, if, so if you get what I'm saying. It's not... He's not really overstepping the boundaries and saying he ta- he's, he's running hip-hop or nothing like that. He, but I, yeah, I I think it goes back to the vulture aspect. I think, like you said, he's they're gonna use the urban sound because he, at at the end of the day, this sound is the culture. This sound trumps all other artistic uh, sounds. It trumps country. It trumps to an extent, and to an extent, pop is rap now. Yeah, because they understand that rap in itself, the fan people that listen to rap, people that listen to hip hop. It's so man. Everybody does. Everybody does. So if you can control that demographic, and and and, and move off of that demographic for a part of your career, then you have the free reigns to do damn near anything after that. I mean, look at the numbers that Russ, that Russ, that Russ has. I mean, I've never li- I've never even really Russ. To him. Russ out here selling out the the fucking Staples Center. Because now look at it. Okay, he's a white. Rapper slash no, he's a white hybrid. I don't want to call him like a rapper person. He's a rap slash singer. He's a hybrid, which is what I call him. He can he he pretty much is like a Drake. His his music is in the same vein as Drake, Tory Lanez. To and comparison, he's white. He has like he looks kind of Middle Eastern, so he has a Middle Eastern following, and he his music is kind of catered to. Teenage white girls, if you want to be real. Um, and that's his audience, and that's how he's able to sell out the fucking Staples Center. Because, like, he's got the it's the, it's the Macklemore effect. And Macklemore even said it in an interview, and G Easy, all these white rappers, they understand certain people only listen to them because they're white. That's what he has that going for him. Yep. And you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not the type to hate. You know, the numbers are there. And you know, but then I'll say this: the numbers go back to you know what they did with the streaming thing. You know, when they made streaming instead of sales the big, the, the big uh, selling point for these artists, that was a lot to do with that too. Because hell, even, of course, Russ can outstream Kendrick and outstream big hip hop artists because at the end of the day. Now it kind of it kind of even the playing field. I yeah. said it before. I said it before when they started doing the streaming shit. <laughs> all that's all that's all they're trying to do. They're actually now this is a big moosh off of the uh off of the culture. Where all they're trying to do now is just you know 
basically blur the lines on who was great. So now they can go back and they can, we can, when we go forward, you know, 20, 30 years at least. Now people are going to be saying, you know, was Post Malone the greatest rapper of all time? Right. I mean, he had a hundred billion, he's had a hundred billion streams. Breaking records left and right. Pac ain't never had no hundred billion stream. He ain't had nowhere near like these. It's going to look like they're on different tiers. It's going to literally look like they're on different, whole different tiers than people that we know, in a sense, are more more talented and um, who I think had a bigger influence. Like, I mean, I even, I still think, yeah, Drake has a big influence. Yeah, he has all these streams, but his influence still wasn't on the level of some of our, some of our, uh, you know, forefathers. Like, his his influence, like, when it comes to a political, social, when it comes to the, like, the political, social, when it comes to the whole, the big picture, his his influence. It's like, he's scared yeah. to talk about some real shit. Exactly. Like, but it's going to make it look like they were so influential in their times, which he is extremely influential. I mean, he, he, ran, he ran this decade, once again, because of the streaming. Um, but at the same time, it's going to make them look like they had a bigger reach than what they really had. And I mean, that, I can say the same thing about, you know, even with X and Juice World and, uh, you know, uh, other rappers that have passed away. But I, I think what it, what it did was, I think it's a big difference between Tentacion, what he stood for and what Drake stands for. And what that did, what, what the streaming has done is it's going to still, in 20 years, it's still going to make it look like Drake was a bigger, well, you know, Tentacion has big streams, yeah. high numbers. He's doing big numbers, but. It's gonna make him look like he had a bigger influence than a than a pop did in his in his in his time, because people don't understand. Okay, okay, it's a difference between having a couple billion streams on songs that you can't help but that pop up on your algorithm, because now they can control your algorithm and these songs can just pop up and count as a stream even if you skip it. Then a motherfucker actually going out and buying your damn album. I mean, yeah, that's that's it's not the same era, but like. People have lost the understanding of how how powerful it was for people to have a million, have an actual true million sales, two million, three, four, five million sales in albums. Like that's dude, and like, going fucking diamond like Pac did and that did shit, like that shit is it, it's nothing. These streams don't. These streams are not like dude. It's gonna have to take. I don't know what how what the math would be. I guess time would tell, but. Okay, you might have a billion streams, but that's still not on the level. That sounds crazy. Yes, it is crazy. But we also got to, like like I said before, that's a lot different than you having 500,000 album sales in one week. A million album sales, two, three, four million album oh, sales. Like and that. also, Pac didn't just go diamond once. He went diamond twice with his greatest hits album. The first being All Eyes on Me, which is technically two albums. But you know, put it together, that's 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 still 10 million sold. And his greatest hits went diamond. Um big wow. big with life after death, he went diamond, which that is fucking, you know, that that's crazy in itself too. That was a double album as well. if I'm yeah. Uh Life After Death was a double album. Eminem went diamond with the Eminem show. Eminem went diamond twice. Marshall Mathers EP, he went diamond off that. Outcast, Sp Speaker Box, Love Below. And then the one probably people wouldn't suspect, 
fucking MC Hammer went diamond. Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him in 1990. Yeah. That's a, and it's a lot different. That's a lot that's that's a lot different. I don't even know how they I'm gonna be real with you. I still don't believe that it's a billion streams of these songs. Like they can tell you. Oh no, nah, they the bro, they they manipulating the fuck out of these numbers, bro. Like it's it's one of two ways. They like they're manipulating the numbers. And I, I I always I do think that the algorithms come into effect to where if if these numbers are even in the same are really in that realm, what really what's happened is you might be sitting there listening to Spotify and it's gonna one of these songs or some of their songs are gonna pop up on your algorithm. And there's like really nothing you can do about it. And you know, that's not to diminish the fact that I mean they have a lot of influence, a whole lot of influence. And when we look back, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be the influence that these rap that these current artists have are gonna be, we're gonna revere them also, but I don't want people to forget that a million in album sales, two million in album sales is is, is extremely, extremely, extremely influential. Like that's on a whole nother a lot of a lot of people that's listening to music now don't understand it. Some people haven't even actually bought physical albums. We were still in the culture where early in our lifetime we could go out and buy physical albums. And it's a lot different than you know, saving your money up, going to the store, buying an album, than just, you know, it, getting a couple of streams. It's a big difference in that. It's a big difference in that. And to have millions of people do that, wow. I mean, that, I just that's just it's it's a mind it's mind blowing to me. But what do you think it what do you think it says though when these these young artists continue to die? Oh, you know, I want to do more research on that. Cause you know, I, I can put a, my 10 for Kofi on and and you know, kind of jump off the edge. I guess I can say like like I said before, maybe they're just MK Ultra clones from the start. They're cloned from the start. And whenever, you know, people in their camp, people around them that can, you know, because they're all controlled and people, I guess, catch wind that they want to, you know, try to evolve their sound or try to get out of the game or something like that. They often, it could be something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it really is a real problem. Like I said before, some of these artists are really doing these drugs like this. And the ones that's really doing these drugs like this aren't surviving. The ones that aren't, they're just really good artists, which is nothing I, wrong with that. I think, though, like we said before, there is a shift with these younger artists. You know, like, I seen Daylight, he put up his DMs with Lil Yachty. And Lil Yachty says that he watches Daylight's videos and he will be down to collab with him. You know? That's, so, that's where we need to be at, man. So it's like there are these younger artists that do care, I feel like, that are coming around to becoming more conscious and whatnot, but it's just going to take time for the, a, a major shift for like that to happen. Yeah, and I think that's that's what we need to see, to be honest. That's what we need to see. We need to, that, that's the next stage in evolution right there, is to kind of, con, kind of combine all, all our um, artistry together and, you know, to... Just get crazy with the sound. Could you imagine a Yachty and Daylight song, like a Travis Scott and Daylight song? Yeah. Where you know they they just showing their artistic, they're just showing their artistic abilities when it comes to production melodies and the message. Yeah. And the message, like I think that's what we need. And Daylight said it before. You know he 
he he he said it. He said this before that, and he he really reiterated it in his uh, live stream where we got to start coming together and just you know pushing all the artistry into into you know one two three song you know not just one not just single song not singles just just works of art. And I really like him work. I like seeing him work with TDE, man. It's like my it's like a dream come true, dog. Like I mean, he's basically a a member of TDE and. You know, yeah. I heard they were saying Kendrick's dropping this year, Daylight, uh, Abso, I believe. Isaiah Rashad. Isaiah, like, this supposed to be a Scissor. TDE year. Yeah, they, I think they're going to drop a TDE album. Oh, man. Which, I mean, that that's long overdue. Um, yeah, they got to, they got to, I think they got to, with all those artists, it ain't no excuse with, like, with at least two artists dropping songs each year. Yeah. Yeah, man. Projects. Yeah, yeah, dude. That, I mean, but then, then again, that's that just shows you how much they care about the craft. They don't just drop music like that. Like Isaiah Rashad, he hasn't dropped the album in three years, and he's still on the come up. But people still keep his name mentioned on like Twitter and shit, underrated rappers and stuff, because his first two albums are so fucking good. Well, especially his first one, which is Sylvia Demo, which I I think that's a classic. In my opinion, <laughs> it's crazy dog. He also, mind you, he's the only Southern rapper on TDE label. He's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yep. So, well, they yeah. working with Rhapsody too, right? Rhapsody, she's she has a she's a TDE affiliate. Um, they were thinking about signing people like Mac Miller, uh, Vince Vince Staples, who's he's very fucking uh, well, uh conscious himself. Um, but he's from uh, Long Beach. But yeah, bro, like TDE, man, that just the collective of talent they got, man. It's crazy. And like, yeah, to see that, um, see like daylight going there, and it's the no we know how immensely talented lyrically, he's probably one of the honestly, I think he's one of the greatest lyricists I've ever heard. Like, I like and not even joking. Like, I think he's one of the easy, easily. I'm thinking of all the rappers I've heard, he is at like the top, like, because of his just the shit he's talking about, but how he he words it is 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 fucking insane. He comes from the battle rap background, and I know a lot of people might think battle rappers can't make songs, but he's an exception. Like he's getting better with every release. So yeah, and I don't think he's even like. I think he's just starting. You know what I'm saying? Like I think the TDE affiliation is gonna really throw his throw his career onto another realm. Yeah, and he's not even, and mind you, this dude is not uh young either. He's like, I think he said he's like 35. But yeah, it don't 35. it don't matter. It don't matter though, because as long as you can make music that reaches people, it doesn't matter what your age is and when you start. That's like when people tell you you're too old to, to go to school or you're too old to try to reach go for a passion. I say, man, fuck that. Cause you could be dead tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? Tomorrow isn't promised. So it's like, why not go for whatever you want in your life? You know, I'm seeing, I seen a billboard years ago with a woman not over 90 something years old graduated from college. Wow. I'm like, bro, like it's never too late to, to start on your goals and shit. He's not, he's not just starting though. He's just now getting recognition popular, but I'm just saying in general, with whatever you want to do in life, it's never too late to start with something. I'll say he's in the right in the right subgenre too with the the conscious. He's extremely that's extreme conscious rap, and I don't think that has any age to it. You know, we yeah. have to start looking at how like 
I'm interested to see how somebody like Future, how he's going to evolve, because he's like a little bit, I think he's a little bit older than Daylight, but he's in his 30s. He's like, yeah. now, that's the type of rap I can say like, okay, bro, like, you're going to keep talking about this drug rap when you're 45, 50? Like, no, I, I mean, I don't think it's any, I don't really think it's any chance that he can continue like with that type of rap. And I if, think he has no choice but to evolve. Yeah, too. yeah, people are tired of it, man. We keep I mean, saying we, we we I mean we keep saying people dying from drug related causes and shit. People are just tired of hearing about the same shit, man. Like we put up with it for so long, bro. Like it's like there has to be a shift. Like I'm I'm listening to new songs come out. Like I like recently I was on SoundCloud, like just listening to random songs. I just hit random just to hear you know just people. All these niggas sound the same. It's all over this. They all rap over distorted 808 drums, talking about killing niggas, fucking they bitch, cash. Yeah, yeah. The same shit. All them niggas sound like one of X's songs, to be honest. That's what they sound like to me. I'm like, bro, like, why? I'm like, you know, that yelling shit he was doing, all that. They that's all they sound like. Like this uh this studio that I was thinking about going to actually go record in, um, where I'm at. I'll, they be posting on IG, you know, people in the studio. They they post um, songs they're working on. All them niggas sound the same. It's like they either trying to sound like the baby, or it's like they trying to sound like Future or some shit. I'm like, bro, it's like there's no like originality. It's like everybody's trying to be the same, and they talking about the same bullshit. And then that, that and that just turns me off from even. I'm like, I already got like my own. You seem like my setup. Like I don't even need a studio. I got my own shit. Like I know how to do it myself. You know, Dude. so so yeah, bro. It's like it's like, bro. Like that shit is lame, bro. People tired of that shit, man. Like you know, you hear the same niggas talking about killing niggas and shoot fucking a bitch and all this shit. It's like, bro. It's like it's it's. We need something new, man. We need something different. And I think it is it is coming. It is coming because I. Somebody posted um about Little B, I think on KTT, uh, KTT two because there's a new version of KTT. Shout out to KTT. Um, they posted a song called "Violate That Bitch." He <laughs> he dropped this song called "Violate That Bitch" and he's talking crazy like, "Let me get the head, bitch. Let me get the throat, ho." Like he he's talking crazy in this song. I'm like, bro, imagine if he would have dropped that today. You want to know how fast that nigga would have been canceled? Like, bruh, he was talking, calling, oh, smack the bitch, fuck that bitch. Yeah, let me get that head, bitch. Like, yeah, yeah I'm like, bro, like, bro, like, he's talking crazy. It's like people are tired of it. And then sometimes I be thinking like, damn, we, we just be listening to this shit. I be thinking sometimes how the girls be thinking, like, because we, like, violating them on every fucking song and they be turning up to that shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can say like that's like that's 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 real misogyny. That's that's when they that's when you can say something's misogynistic, like I mean, come on, dog, like that shit is that shit is kind of getting old, but at the same time that cancel culture like we gotta get rid of that shit too. Cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's more um that's called it causes more more trouble than than it helps. So well, we already know what that's... What that Speaking of the cancel culture, they're they trying to turn Cuba Gooding Jr. into the next Bill Cosby. 
He keep getting hit with different sexual misconduct allegations. Several more women have come out with accusations against him. So he must have done some shit behind the scenes because all these women just popping up out of nowhere. I mean, it gets to a point too where you know this is this is how the, how a lot of how, how a lot of uh, when you're a celebrity, you know this is how the culture is, and you got to protect yourself. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's I'm, it's getting to the point now. I'm saying, man, these niggas gotta. Am I supposed to like feel? I mean, feel bad because I mean, I mean, I don't feel saying? bad for them. Like I'm... you know what I mean. Like it's it's like okay, like some of that shit, most of that shit might not be true. Some of it may be true. All of it may be true. At the end of the day, it's like if you're not doing anything, if you're not like if you ain't got shit to worry about, well, if you moving right, if you make sure you move right, then you ain't got nothing to worry about. Like that's you can't just be like if you're a celebrity, you just can't be just fucking with anybody. You can't just be you can't just be fucking, basically. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You can't just be fucking like that. I mean, this ain't the time with this with this culture that's out there like 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 it is now. Heterosexual men are being attacked, like for real. They they def, uh, under attack, under attack, and it's like yo, like you you got to know what what you're doing, man. You got to know who you're around. You got to know that most of these thoughts is looking at you like a damn like a come up, and. They can say any sexual misconduct, like I said before, can be anything. Yeah. That can be anything, dog. Like, that can be anything. And you got to know that you're you're targeted. Yeah. Um. Now, this next topic is one that I was going to bring it up to you earlier, so you could probably do some research on it. But I think this is important because I think this is going to lead into something bigger. In the media, there was a recent uh, mass shooting that happened in Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, six people. I'm reading uh, the New York Times right now, and I'm, I'll be quoting. Let me see if I can find the amount of because there's something interesting about the suspect, the alleged uh, this the shooter of this um this crime that had people in uproar on, online today. And I think it's going to cause something even worse. I mean, I think it's just going to lead to worse shit happening. Um, damn, I'm trying to find... Okay. This is from CNN. David N. Anderson, 47, and Francine Graham, 50, went on a shooting spree and had an hours-long gun battle with police Tuesday that left four people dead, three people in the market, the kosher market, and a police officer, New Jersey Attorney General Gerber Gruel said. Authorities are trying to determine what motivated the shooters who were also killed to carry out the attack. Now, this is where it it gets really... um, it turns it well, it takes a turn for the left. The shooter, uh, one the shooter, David N. Anderson, one of the assailants of the deadly attack at a Jersey City kosher market, has been linked to the Black Hebrew Israelites movement. Wow! So they're trying to say 
some members have expressed anti-Semitic sentiments in the past. So now they're trying to say, since that he's linked to the Black Hebrew Israelites movement, that he's anti-Semitic. And it was a hate crime that he... And people online, Black people included, were saying, man, we don't associate with the Black Hebrew Israelites. Them, them niggas are crazy. Like, you can look this shit up on... Look on Twitter, bro. Just type in Black Hebrew Israelite. People just trashing them. See? See, black, there's black people too that be create, they're, they're, cre they're creating that narrative with the white supremacy domestic terrorism attacks. They're linking it to this one attack by somebody that who is alleged to be um, tied to a black organization. And people are like, they're not even really Jews and all this other shit. Man, mm. I, yeah, bro. I, I think I, and I just had to bring it up because I, I mean, it was start, it was interesting to me. I was like, man, what the fuck? Like, because I'm looking at the black Hebrew Israelites like, okay, because you, you think just because this one attack, this guy is a black Hebrew Israelite, that that gives you the authority to say that's what the whole movement stands for. And I just wanted yep. to give your uh, your quick thoughts on this because I don't, I don't know if you heard about this or not. Well, I've heard about it. I didn't know, I didn't know the extra part that they connected it to the black Hebrew, Hebrew Israelite movement. And now this goes back to what... Um, this goes back to the Covington, the Covington Catholic situation where they started that demonization then because um, they were saying that, you know, the black Hebrew, one, when they say black Hebrew Israelite, notice what it said. It says black Hebrew Israelite. And a lot of those people that are within that within those camps, there's no such thing as a black Hebrew Israelite. They, they look at themselves as the Hebrew Israelites. They look at themselves as the Jews which is nothing anti-Semitic about that. They are looking at themselves within, you know, the scriptures that they're reading as, as the real Jews, which, you know, if you read the scriptures and you align the plight of the, of the, of the, um, 12, American, yeah. With the 12 lost tribes. Exactly. The 12 lost tribes and the indigenous Americans and, you know, what we got to deal with on a daily basis. I mean, they're proving that if it, if, if that story is true, then we are the Jews. But the, the, and the problem I have is this year has been a large influx of people who is aligning with, with that doctrine, with the fact that we are the Jews, that we are the ones, the, the ones that are persecuted in the Bible, which I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree that, that we're not just, we're not just, um, we're, as they say, quote unquote, black. This is why they created the term black, because those who are aligned as black have no identity. And the mindfuck behind that is those who are black are actually the real chosen ones. This is why those people that they call black don't really have any rights and are are the victims of, you know, whitewashing and police brutality or whatever, whatever. But I'll say this was just a psychological operation because what was going what's going on is that 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 um that doctrine has picked up steam this year. It's picked up steam. And with how they've been doing the legislation with the hate crime bills and stuff like that, they've realized that this, this um, doctrine that could have truth to it is doing one thing. It's giving, it's giving quote unquote black people some type of identity. It's giving them something to align with and giving them a, an identity. And I think it's preaching a lot of truth. Now the way they go about it, 
um, they some of the street preachers do. And here's the thing, not all that, of the street. Well, yeah, that's what I think a lot of them are basing their criticism towards the movement about. It's people that, I guess, live in, like, the New York area, how they say a lot of them be on the streets yelling and wearing those those robes and shit, outfit, outlandish outfits that they have on. I think that's what they're referring to. But yeah, that's, like, that's just one representation. That's not the entire movement, though. Exactly. Like, that's a small percentage of the whole movement. And I will say a lot of them, the way the rhetoric that they use, you know, it can come off as not necessarily hate speech, but they're using the scriptures. They're using the scriptures to support what they what they believe is true, and they do a good job of that. They use words from the Bible. They use, you know, they use certain rhetoric to prove that they are the ones who are the real, you know, who are the chosen ones. But that's a small percentage of the, of those who um. That's a small percentage of of that group. That's not even all of them. But what is what is what they're trying to do is. They're trying to blur the lines of what it means to be or what hate speech is and what 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 that group is. See, they're trying to use that group to, you know, they're trying to wipe that group, the message that that group is spreading. They're trying to get that. Uh, what's the word? It's playing along with what the Bible says. They're trying to um, shun and prosecute those who are uh, who align with that with that movement as the next stage of trying to um, basically eliminate people who are against the state, against uh, against what we're taught. So they're going to, this is what it's going to do is it's going to create a bigger problem. Yeah. It's going to get to the point where possibly what we're talking about is going to be, it's already marked as hate speech. Cause here's the thing. It goes back to the definition of hate speech. What is it? What is the definition of hate speech? <laughs> you see how ambiguous that is? What is the definition of hate speech? Right. Really, like, like I, I really want that defined. See, this it, we're playing right in the hands of of what what they want to have more control and more censorship of of the masses because it's a shift going on. It's a big, big shift going on, and the big thing is, is a big shift. You know, just goes along with the Old Testament and you know the Bible and prophecies. It's a shift going on right now, and it's a it's such a big shift going on that. You know they fear it's gonna it's gonna collapse this shit because once the real Jews, once the real chosen ones figure out that they're really chosen, it's nothing that they can do. It's nothing that can be done anymore. Like yeah. it's nothing that they can do. Nothing that they can do. Once a nigga that grew up in the projects, the true projects. You look up what the definition of the projects are. Once once they understand why their life is so hard and that they why they're living in this society. Then it's gonna cause it's it's gonna cause a problem because once you realize oh I, I, I'm not experiencing this prosecution just because because uh because of the, that's what life is we're gonna start seeing this shit from a spiritual perspective and once you start to get into the spiritual realm and the metaphysical realm and kind of get get answers to to your plight it, it it causes a lot of problems when it comes to uh suppressing the people. So yeah, that was like a psychological operation to make people. Um, it's kind of how they did. Um, what do you call Muslims? How they how they initially did Muslims after nine eleven? Yeah, it's just a uh, tactic from the state because it's something that they can that they see that they see happening that we probably don't know about. 
that I think they do. And you problem. see, and you see, uh, uh, you look on Twitter. Most people, it seems like the main the people that are bashing it are black people. Bashing yeah. the movement. Yeah, yeah, I mean. So it's playing but, right into their hands. And like I said before, I don't agree with the, with the, with the, how they go about it. Like, because I feel like I know who, I, if I feel like if you know who you are, you shouldn't even like, you shouldn't even have to even, you shouldn't even have to, um, I guess go so hard. Like I know who I am, and I know I I, I have an idea of who other people are. So like I'm not even like I'm not even for the street preacher. But once again, that goes back to the Bible. <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of crazy. Like you know I said it before. Like I do believe I believe like you know with this awakening, people really got to analyze the Bible a little bit more because okay, even with this with what's about to happen with them with them classifying this as hate speech, this plays along. With, 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 with how Jesus, with how Jesus was prosecuted, he had a different. He was he had a different viewpoint of the state. He was uh he was against the state, and they prosecuted him to his death. And they yeah. and said, you know, that his followers would have to deal with the same thing. Well, what, what's going on? The same thing. How come hate speech? How come the same thing wasn't wasn't used for uh, Dylan Roof? I think they did end up saying that it was that was uh. I don't I don't know the details behind that, but how come they didn't go into a big uproar about Dylan Roof whenever he did what he did, or when these white supremacists do what they do? They try to avoid calling it hate speech because they're not chosen. They're not. They're, they're not. It's not a spiritual aspect behind why they do what they. Well, it is, but it's not. It's something that they don't want to be released to the public. Um, but that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily like I said. I, the problem I have is, you know, you can align with whatever you want to align with. I agree with what a lot of the Hebrew Israelites speak on. Um, I agree with a, with a lot of what they say, um, but I don't necessarily classify True. myself as a, as a Hebrew Israelite. And, you know, it's hard to cl- classify yourself as any tag because I feel like if you are a part of the chosen, you are a little bit of all this shit. You are you, you are the, uh, uh, the American Indian. You are the Hebrew Israelite. You are the the uh, Atlanteans. You are all that shit. <laughs> you are the you are the creator. You are every, all that shit. This is speaking this of is creator. Oh, I want to. I'm our. I guess I'm gonna have my review segment moving forward, where I review certain shit. There's a couple things I want to review. But continue with what you were saying. Like you are you you when you come from when you come from quote-unquote black society the problem with us not knowing our identity is the fact that i think we are so we are a little bit a mix of all this shit we are everything melanin is in everything exactly and i think that's that that adds to the enigma of why we go through what we go through or that that adds to that 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 adds to that's the answer to why we go through what we go through and why nobody cares it's because it's a spiritual aspect behind that Everybody knows who we are, but a lot of us. Everybody don't. knows who we are, except but a lot of us, us don't know who we are. Exactly, except for us. And they. This is why people don't care when when the police brutality goes on, it's because this is aligned with prophecy. It's because it's a it's a it's a part of our prosecution. It's a part of our um of what we got to go through until we start to wake up, which is where this is what's going on now. We're waking up to understand that we aren't just slaves. In fact, slavery 
for a lot of us, wasn't even really in it. Wasn't even really a reality for a lot of our bloodlines, for a lot of our our heritage. Uh, slavery, like we weren't even slaves. Some of us were. Some of us wasn't. Um, but a lot of us, a lot of us, we can't say or were more than likely the American Indian. And slavery happened to the Indian, but it wasn't on the level that they want to make it seem. Like millions coming on no. over, over on boats. And a lot of times it was indigenous. It was a uh, it was um it was um not slavery but indentured servitude amongst uh, and that, at the, and here's what confuses people indentured servitude at that time that wasn't even like a race type thing they turned it into a race thing but everybody indentured servitude was just a way of the reality at, at certain times in in our early history you know to pay off debts to people and stuff like that and that, that was before they even created the terms white and black. So you had quote unquote white and black people doing indentured servitude. Some white people, some black people own white people or had white people work for them and vice versa. It's, it was when they started creating the color when when this shit kind of got, got a lot more confusing. Um, but yeah, you are a little, we are a little bit of all that shit. And that's why I have no, no problem with not necessarily saying I align with all this stuff. I'll tell you straight up what I agree with. I, right. I agree with doctrines, a lot of doctrines from everybody. And one thing I kind of, one thing I'm pretty sold on is that I am the American Indian. Growing up, I remember I, I was told that I was Cherokee and uh, at least Cherokee because I didn't really know much about my my other side. And I started to realize, oh, I'm, with, you know, how I look and how I act and, you know, how I, how other family members act. I got some Seminole too. Um, different, a mix of different tribes. And I remember growing up, I was told, you know, I was I was Indian in my household, and I denied it. I, I at first I accepted it, but when I got older, I denied it, and then I got a certain age, and I I accepted it again. And that's one thing I can I can say that if it's one thing that I can say is that I feel like I've always been on this land, at least for the for the uh, most recent past. My people are from this land. We didn't come from we didn't come from from across the Atlantic. Yeah. And if that did happen, that happened so long ago that we still have an effect from this, from the fauna of North America. We are like, we are North Americans. And, you know, even with, with slavery, they say like the most slavery that was going on was they would take people from Florida or Louisiana, put them on a boat up to Mississippi and they would take them up to Ohio. And at the time they couldn't tell that they couldn't tell. And they would tell them that they were in, and and them, they would tell me they were in South America. You know what I mean? Like at that time, they they didn't really know. They say they didn't really um, they were doing little tricks like that, taking them up the lake, up uh, up big ass bodies of water. There were big ass rivers, just to, to a different area, and saying that you know this is a whole just kind of mixing and mangling, like trying to confuse people. They were saying if they if if any if anything with ships happened, that was the biggest thing that happened. Um, but even with that, with that story, I think that's hard. That's hard to agree with. Yeah. I think it was a lot of atrocities. Like it was a lot of biochemical warfare, even in that time. It was a lot of, um, I think what uh, it was, it was stuff that, that went on that basically killed us off. And we not just killed us off and, um, we sold each other, we sold each other out and it was a mass level of confusion and, this is where we forgot who we are. 
I agree. Yeah. Um, another, another like smaller topic uh, has been going on right now recently in the, in the media. Do you know the uh, the singer Lizzo? Um, is that the bit? I, I just are you talking about the big girl? Yeah, yeah. I don't, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I'm gonna be a thousand percent honest. I have no clue who that is. I just I seen the uproar. I had no clue who that who that. Well, who that the is. reason I'm bringing her up is because I think, man, I think it's kind of a, it's a, it's alarming. Um, Lizzo, she's a singer, um, black woman. Her biggest song is called "Truth Hurts." Yeah, you you probably wouldn't hear it unless you listen to you know mainstream radio or are in like clubs and shit. It's probably popping. I've heard it, and I didn't think it was anything special. But you know, she's uh she's popular right now, and uh she's very uh she's a she's a voluptuous woman, you know. She's a she's body positive. She's always talking about you know being comfortable in her skin and stuff. But I I just she she recently went to uh, the Lakers game, Lakers uh, versus um, Minnesota. Timberwolves, and she wore like this dress that had the back cut out, so you could see like her thumb. And she was twerking at the um the game on the the Megatron when they showed her. And I just feel like she's doing too much, you know. Um, and people, I think other people sense that too. You know, she was just named Times Time Magazine's Entertainer of the Year, and like you wow. said, like you don't even know who the fuck she. I barely know who she is. And you know what? I look at her as a modern day mammy. That's yeah. what that's all I look at her as. And I think people don't get it. Like she um we don't know about it because we didn't put her on. Like white women love this woman. I guarantee you you ask them about Lizzo, ask some of your coworkers about Lizzo. I guarantee you they'll know who she is. I'll do it. Her music is catered to white women that and it's what's fucked up is these white women fetish are fetishizing, fetishizing. If I can say that, her having her as her, her having her as their um, their like spirit animal and shit. You can look this shit up online, bro. It's weird. It's fucking weird. And yeah, man, I just think it's it's sad, man. It's just another ploy, man. Looking at someone, a woman like this. Black woman, she's coming, she's rose to prominence off of being a modern day mammy. You know, to how she's dancing and singing and being big and doing all this extra shit, twerking, got her ass out and shit. And you know, like it's like why? Like you doing all this extra shit, you know, and that and you wonder why black women are treated so bad in the media. She's part of the reason she's continuing to push that agenda. Of oh look at me look at the you know the black the big black woman, you know entertaining and doing all this silly shit, you know for the media the cameras and stuff instead of just letting your talent speak for themselves, you know, and it's less about being body positive and more about being a market employee for these labels. It's sad, bro. You know, I just wanted to just bring that shit up real quick. Yeah, they said that she was in her Rikishi outfit, and that was like spot on because that shit looked just like some shit Rikishi used to wear back in the day, robe and everything. And I was just like, 
What the fuck? Like, now the, the problem I have with it. <laughs> okay. Why the fuck did they ever do this at a damn NBA basketball game? Right. So they know they know people are watching this shit with their kids. The, like this is not this is not, that's a family in my opinion that's a family friendly environment yeah it's supposed to be supposed to be a family friendly environment so what's what the problem i have is that is adding to the sexualization of our of of culture and this is where i feel like feminism needs to come out and say something like especially black women it's like y'all need to come out and, and nip this shit in the bud and and cancel that type of shit because it's a psychological operation on um, degrading our people, basically. Especially our women. Like, that's not... I'm going to tell you right now. No high-value male is looking at that shit like that. Like, that shit absolutely disgusts me, man. Like, that shit shit was disgusting. And it's not even showing confidence. That's showing how insecure she truly is. I mean, like, even even if... Dude, that just... it, It was disgusting to me because... I'm looking at that shit as like that's sexualizing our black, uh, quote unquote black, uh, the black feminine. Yeah. It's, and of course she's gonna be the spirit animal of white women because that's really they want you to look as negative as as you can because I promise you it ain't, it ain't gonna be no white it ain't gonna be no white girl do that shit. Nah. It ain't gonna be no white woman doing that shit. White women are trying to they're trying to take the image of CEO now. YouTube CEO's white woman. Disney CEO is a white woman. <laughs> sure. Like they, 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 they trying to show you, like these man, man, like you gotta respect your enemy. That's the that's the problem. I don't think we have. We don't respect our enemy, and we 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 have this confidence as uh indigenous people. We have this confidence that we think that just because of who we are, and what we come from, and the influence that we have, that, that we think that. We can just go through life blind and let shit just be done. When in our actuality, your enemy is powerful also. And if we continue to sleep on these motherfuckers and let them get away with shit like this, we're going to be in big trouble, man. Like, yeah, we got to start reading the shit through for what it is. Yeah, it's just like de- basically with the dehumanization. It was a dehumanization ploy. Or de- degrading ploy. I say degrading because it wasn't on a dehumanization level, but... Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a negative negative image for black women, I believe. Um, yeah, and they're accepting this shit because I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not it was nothing about what she did. There was nothing about what she did that I thought was cute or anything, dog. Like I thought that was just disgusting. If that was Rihanna, I mean, yeah, it would shit. A lot most men would have been attracted to it, but you gotta forget this is at an NBA game. Yeah, it's at an NBA game. Trying to see that shit in no NBA game. Come on, like use use your use a con you, do that shit at your concert. Do that shit at an award show. Why are you using an NBA game, something I feel like that's more family friendly, to do something to promote this type of image? And like I said before, feminism isn't they're not gonna come out and um and uh cancel this shit. Nah, they love it. They love they seeing love it. they love seeing mammy. They love it because what it's doing is just is that. That is dehumanizing a black woman to where how can how can a black woman's image be promoted to a large time CEO when now they're making it seem like our biggest uh quote unquote black women celebrities 
are just sexual sexual uh, objects. objects. Yeah, <laughs> it goes against what they stand for, but it's the reason why they're doing it because white women are letting y'all, letting y'all, letting y'all know. They letting y'all know that this is how they, this is how they like, this is how they want to view you. This is how, this is how they will only respect you. Yeah, because they don't look at you like you're you're equal. Because in their eyes, you're not equal. While also, they also know who you are, but they know that they have the power of the state, which is the media, or they have the power of propaganda and the media to make themselves look better and make you look worse. See, this it's on that deep of a level, but, you know, a lot of uh, women, they're not going to take the words of modern-day males because they look at us as weak and they 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 strong independent don't need no man and they wonder why seventy five thousand black women went missing this year already probably over a hundred thousand are they strong independent don't need no man well let me ask you this I asked you know I I said this before offline I was like I think even with the with the amount of people going missing that's showing you the negative effects I was going to bring that up all all these black women are missing right now why why do people think that is I can promise you a lot of these black women that's going missing. Either didn't have didn't have a strong male figure in the household because we are affected by mass incarceration and police brutality. Um, they probably didn't have a strong male figure in their life, or they've negatively shunned somebody who they feel is a, a strong masculine being because they're strong, independent, don't need no man. Well, what's gonna happen when you got three, four, five men? I mean, I said men. I didn't say just white men, just men, because shit, it's black men, Hispanic men, men in general. That'll come up and body your and bag your ass up. And now you you gone without a trace. You strong, independent, don't need no man. More than likely, if you had a real alpha male in your household, that shit probably wouldn't happen. More than likely, that shit wouldn't happen. If you had somebody in your household that knew how to who knew the who understood energy and how balance works and being a protector, that shit ain't gonna happen, dog. That shit ain't gonna happen. But once again, the strong independent don't need no man. It falls right into the right into the hands of how they want this shit to be. Yeah. They wonder why people go, why all these women going missing and shit? Because ain't no niggas there to even take care of them. You you promoting the mass, you promoting for the mass incarceration of your own people, canceling the masculinity. Shit, I was even on Twitter, man. I'm gonna say this too, man. I'll kind of go off on a tangent, but it's so sad with how Twitter is falling, dog. It's so sad, man. You can't go on there and say shit as a man no more, man. You get you you'll get straight up, get your shit straight up deleted, censored, canceled, and it's sickening, man. It's sickening. It's so sickening <laughs> of how that shit changed over the past few years. Yeah, the censorship shit is just ramping up, man. It's I mean, yep. it's you know so. You're getting smarter. Yeah. There's value. If there's shit out there that you want, man, you better you better download it and put it onto an external drive. Yup. Um, I think we're starting to wind down right now. Um, this was a more, I guess, necessarily this could be more of a, a lighter episode to an extent, but we covered a couple huge things that happened recently. Um. But like I was saying earlier, I just wanted to give a review about a couple of things that I've seen recently. I know how I talked about that Watchmen show and how it's depicting black people. 
Um, I know I talked about how I didn't like in the one episode what they did with the black character and how they had the one the uh the black husband he was being like a beta male to the the wife the wife was being the alpha where there's a twist to it that um this is a spoiler alert for anybody that watches uh Watchmen I would say just to skip past this so you know how I was saying yeah they're making them look like a beta male right yeah well, Watchmen, there's this character that is literally a god named Dr. Manhattan. He's omnipotent. Um, he can create life. He can't, I mean, he's virtually invinci- he's virtually like invincible. Like compared to Superman, I think he could probably he could take Superman. You know, like he's that invincible. Well, they're looking for him. On the show, because the show is a continuation of the comic book series. Now, there's the comic book series and there's the movie. I, I watched the movie, but the show is based off the comic book series. But, I mean, you can still get into the show if you just a recap video on YouTube. You know, somebody will break it down. I mean, there's several videos of people breaking down the comic book series so you can catch up or whatever. But um, they're looking for the, the Dr. Manhattan. Because the Seventh Cavalry is a um, white supremacist organization, they're trying to take him down because they want to take over the world by taking him out. They can't find him, but oh, and this was off the last episode, which was uh, episode eight, called "A God Walks Into a Bar." Main character is Angela Abar. Turns out, Doctor Manhattan's been on Earth the entire time. They thought he was on Mars. That was just one of his projections. That he made. He's been wow. on Earth di- disguised as Angela Abar's husband, who happens to be a black man. Mm. Now, I when I figured when they showed that in the last episode, episode seven, because she bashed his head open, and he he he's a blue god, like he blue, he he glows. His skull open. Um, she pulled this like thing out of his head that um, repressed his powers, and he he forgot who he was because he wanted to kind of be he wanted to be normal again because he was born a white man, but he had an accident that turned him into a god. Um, she she um he he fell in love with her, um, Angela's character, and he was like, "Who do you want me to transform into? I can transform into anybody." And she found. This black man that had, was killed, he didn't have like any family because she was a part of the um, the war or she was in the military. He turned into the black man, fell in love with her. She put this chip into his head, so to speak. Not really a chip, but this metal piece or whatever into his object, into his head that repressed his powers and he forgot who he was but until she bashed his head open with a hammer, pulled it out and he turned back into himself. But he still had the face of the black man, except he was blue again. And he remembered who he was. So that pretty much just redeemed it for me. The show was great as it was, but I was like, man, why he's such a fucking beta male? It's because he was Dr. Manhattan the entire time. Mm. He didn't know who he was. Like, and that's that ties goes into hand to hand what we've been talking about this entire time. He didn't know the power he possessed. He was a god the entire time. And wow. that makes me say one thing. 
black man is God. That was the one takeaway I got from it. That was the one takeaway I got from it. He could have been mm. any, he could have posed himself as any motherfucker on the planet, but he chose a black man because that's who she wanted him to be. And I just thought that that was powerful. You know? Dude, that is some powerful shit. So Watchmen is a show um, that if you're a comic book, I mean, you don't even got to be a comic book fan. If you like superhero movies and TV shows, I would say check it out because it's one of the best ones I've ever seen easily. Um, so yeah, that that was great, man. That That was a great episode. The second thing I wanted to talk about that I watched recently was this movie called Dark Waters. Um, this movie is important for many reasons. If y'all don't know what Dark Waters is about, pretty much about this attorney um, named Robert Belot. He's been, he's been uh, fighting the big corporation known as DuPont. Now, if you don't know who DuPont is, just to give a quick back um, drop, DuPont is a chemical company um, that has been around since, really since the fucking, let me see if I can, 1802. DuPont got in trouble because of uh, this case that sparked, which eventually turned into this movie, because they were dumping chemicals that were not uh, that were not monitored into just the water stream in this town in West Virginia, and it affected people. When people were getting sick, people were having getting cancer, dying. And this one lawyer named Robert Bellot, he fought, he he's fighting for these people. He continues to fight to this day because it's a it was a class action suit that his law firm put against uh DuPont, which is a multi-billion dollar company. Um and yeah, bro, it just it just goes, it just it just um covers that pretty much. It it talks about the C8 contaminant, PFOA, perfluoro. Perfluorooctanoic uh, acid, or, or otherwise known as C8, one of the chemicals they used that they knowingly put into the water stream, but didn't didn't let the people know that's what they were doing and that it affected people. And virtually everybody has it in their bloodstream now. Hmm. And they have, um, most notably, most notably, they have this shit called Teflon, DuPont Teflon. It's a cooking uh, aerosol spray for a nonstick. And it has the C8 in it, and people were using it and not knowing that it had it in there. And everybody has been pretty much exposed to it. And uh, C8 causes testicular cancer, liver disease, pancreatic disease. Teflon chemical is in the blood of um, 
99% of Americans, according to uh, this article, no, according to, uh, let me see. I want to say the the documentary, The Devil We Know. But this movie, Dark Waters, is extremely important. And I don't think many people have heard about it because why the fuck would the movie production company promote some shit like this? Because right. this is some of the realest shit I've seen. Like, nobody, a lot of people, did, I, I guarantee you a lot of people didn't even know about this movie existing or that, or who, what DuPont was in trouble for all of these decades. This shit is real. And it's in the it's 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 already out there. It's in the blood every virtually everybody's bloodstream. C eight. So I gave that movie an eight out of ten. I felt like some of the scenes were kind of long and boring to an extent. Like, but it was important, but at times I felt it was kind of just like jargon. Um but it was great, great acting by uh, Mark Ruffalo, who plays uh, the the real life lawyer who's still fighting to this day against DuPont. He's fighting cases from people being sick and suing DuPont. Um, his real name is Robert Bellot. And um, yeah, man, I think more people should go watch that movie and do research on DuPont and Teflon, the Teflon scandal. That's interesting, you know, because... I'm. I'm. I suspect that we're gonna see. A, start seeing a lot more um, cases like this come to light with these big time companies. Um, like you said, that country that company's been around since 1802, and I've actually heard about Dupont. I think they do. Uh, they were. They had a say in uh, gas also, and I think WD40 is. I think they they used to make WD40. They make WD40 also, like different chemicals and stuff, and um. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of companies have been dumping a lot of a lot of stuff in, into the water. It's population control, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully this lawyer don't end up dead. Yeah, he's um, he's still he's still to this day fighting against the company. You know, because they still I, try to refute claims that he's uh he's made. Well, he I mean he had the scientists. It took the scientists years to to um. To come back with evidence that shows the C8 was actually in people's bloodstreams and stuff, and it was linked to DuPont, the the company, and their products, and that it was causing them to have cancer, liver disease, and other various diseases. Dang. And of course, you don't hear about this movie. They're not promoting it. Because I mean, because of what it is, it's some real shit. It's not no, it's not a superhero movie. It's not a fairy tale. But I think more people should do research on that and check out the movie because I think the movie is great. Yeah, Dark Waters. Yeah. All right. That sound that that sounds like something that we need to be paying attention to more of that than uh. Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That distraction after distraction, man. I know, dude. Like good thing is um apparently another Matrix is coming out, Matrix 4. Ooh. But that's coming in 2021. So 
that's gonna do numbers. Oh yeah, because now the Matrix is more relevant than ever. Oh yeah, if you think about it, nobody that shit was ahead of its time. That that movie series. I knew of a, of a couple of my cousins, one of my cousins, he um, he was like on that shit, like heavy. He used to watch it just to watch it because he loved it so much. And I never really understood it when I was younger until I got older and like, wow, that movie, man, is telling us a lot of stuff. Yeah. The movie series. Created originally by a black woman. My tricks. <laughs> Matrix. Yeah. But um I think I think we we've covered it enough this episode. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm satisfied with the with the content. Yep. All right. Well, as always, you know, like, share, subscribe to um our SoundCloud page and follow us on Twitter at podcast divine. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-D-I-V-I-N-E. Also, you know, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, a five-star review will help us with visibility and to gain a, a bigger audience as, you know, we're trying to, you know, just push the content and just have more, you know, dope stuff, dope content coming in the future. Um... Is there is there anything you want to say in closing? No, I just uh y'all just like, share, subscribe, help us get those algorithms pushed out to promote this content and you know, leave us a review. Uh I, I'm with what, exactly what you just said. All right, and I, I just wanted to leave a um a quote before closing. This is by Mario Fernandez. Rise above the storm and you will find the sunshine. Until next time.